Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. This report brought to you by Nietzsche's Pizza. Leave game day to the pros. Pizza, pasta, donaire. See the whole lineup at Nietzsche'sPizza.ca. The most important thing, we make decisions about winning, about putting the best team on the ice. I think it's it goes beyond communication. It goes to a relationship. Just drilled him with a right hand, then missed with a wild right. Lands a right to the shoulder. You know, it's up to us to uh, get the fans excited. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platform. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is Oil Country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print service to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stopper on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. to open up the week of Oilers now after that kind of Battle of Alberta, but we did lose a Canadian rock icon. Rest in peace to Neil Peart, drummer of Rush. That was Limelight, of course. Uh, certainly up there with Tragically Hip, and you could make the case for them as the greatest uh, greatest Canadian rock icons of all time. I think that's safe to say. But more pressing issues at hand on this Monday edition of Oilers Now. It is Brendan Escott with you. Bob will check in in about 10 minutes time. He's got a function to be at this afternoon. So it's you and I hanging out and I want to know obviously what you thought of that Battle of Alberta. Pleased to be joined on the other side of the glass by Dave Campbell. And Dave, certainly more your vintage than mine, that kind of hockey. Did that take you back to the uh, late 80s, early 90s or what? Yeah, it, it did. And we haven't had a lot of battle in the Battle of Alberta in honestly, you know, over 25 years. So, I mean, it's been an indictment on the Oilers, especially in the type of franchise they have been. They haven't been as competitive as you'd like over the last, you know, 50 years and the Flames have been kind of in and out as well but that was as as uh, nasty competitive and and just I don't want to use the word ugly but it was just it's just 
these two teams don't like each other, and it just showed in a big way. So, yeah, uh, a lot of people have opinions. I have opinions on what happened with Matthew Kachuk and Zach Cassian, and I'm yeah. sure we'll unpack that. So. We, we certainly will. It'll start with Bob at about 12.18. 12.35, we'll hear from our NHL insider, John Shannon. Of course, Cassian is set to have a hearing with the NHL this afternoon about his roughing slash aggressor. We'll get to the audio recap momentarily here. If you've been under a rock, he tried to engage Matthew Kachuk in a fight for the second season in a row. And for the second season in a row, Matthew Kachuk put his hands up over his face and didn't want to answer the bell. And that's his prerogative at that juncture of the game. I'm not going to fault him for that. However, we're starting to see a pattern develop and Cassian's temper is boiled over. So now he's going to get a call from the league. So we'll see if that breaks during the course of the show. We're going to analyze it as it happens, of course. 105, we'll hear from NBCSN Capital Analyst uh, Al May, uh, the prince of old school. If not for Louis DeBrusque, it certainly is Al May, at least around these parts. So we'll get his thoughts. And of course, somebody who's calls the games of Tom Wilson, maybe one of the more quote-unquote predatory players in the NHL. The difference being Tom Wilson has no problem dropping his gloves. So uh, we'll hear what Al May thought. 135, we'll check in with the Bakersfield Condors from head coach Jay Woodcroft. This is All Oilers Now. It's brought to you by Digitex. You can buy or lease your next office network printer from the digitex.ca e-commerce store, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. I already saw some calls coming in. We'll park those for now. You can certainly text me at 780-496-0063. That's the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors, strong enough for any mini sticks tournament. However, if you do want to get in touch on our River Cree Resort Casino hotline, that is also 780-496-0063. We'll open that up a little bit later on in the show. Again, for the River Cree Resort Casino, they're getting bigger, better, and now 100% smoke-free on the main casino floor. The River Cree Resort Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. So... We've sort of set the stage here. Oilers now 24-18-5. They are fifth place in a very jam-packed Pacific division, adding to the fuel of the fire that was the Cassian Kachuk storyline. We seem to have forgotten that Connor McDavid scored yet another highlight reel goal. And oh, by the way, first place in the division was on the line in that game which Calgary now holds they're tied with Arizona but hold the tiebreaker they tiebreaker they have 55 points Edmonton is in fifth place with 53 so this is a very tight division adding to what's going to be an excellent home and home series at the end of this month but we'll recap what happened here as we dive into our direct workwear audio vault where safety meets savings direct workwear there in Edmonton, Fort McMurray and online at directworkwear.com and for those of you out there suffering in this cold snap right now I urge you Head on over to Direct Workwear and find yourself some long underwear, some gloves, some nice warm boots, because I don't know how else one would survive working outdoors. Again, that's Direct Workwear in Edmonton and Fort McMurray. This is how it sounded on the Oilers Radio Network, second installment of Battle of Alberta this season. This is going to be a fun set. The Saddle Dome for the biggest battle of Alberta since Game 7 in 1991. Here's Matthew Kachuk heading to the net, twisting it in front. Lindholm couldn't get his shot away. Recovered, fired, and scored. 1-0 Calgary. Elias Lindholm finally puts it home. He's left to right over the line. Yamamoto cross ice. Reach shot score. This game is tied. Ryan Nugent Hopkins once again. Now McDavid Barrett-Hannifin. He's got 
Daniel with him. McDavid to the net. Great shot score. Top right corner. Two, one. Edmonton. McDavid. A breathtaking length of the ice rush. And you could feel it from the fans. The anticipation on that rush. He got it in full flight. And it was over. Gaudreau dances in. Shoots and scores. This game is tied at two. Johnny Gaudreau is 13th of the year. Yamamoto in front. Nugent Hopkins redirected home off Gaudreau's skate. Nugent Hopkins, his second of the game. There's a turnover. Quick shot. Derek Ryan and a save made by Koskinen. Rebound score. Dylan Dubay. And the Oilers with a giveaway in their own end and they pay for it. Saucer to Neal who started this whole sequence with an alert steal. Big hit. Thunderous hit by Kachuk. And then Cassian's going to go after Kachuk and try to fight him. And he throws him down and lands a couple of left hooks. And Kachuk just trying to cover up right now. Cassian continues to fire away with left hands. And Kachuk never got on track there. He never wanted to square up with Cassian. This could be a seven-minute penalty to Edmonton. Gaudreau off the boards. Giordano. Now Lindholm wires it up. Scores. Who was the net front presence on the game-deciding goal but Matthew Kachuk? I'm going to give him enough credit for this and saying that he really understands how to work the system. He doesn't have to drop his gloves with Zach Cassian. It's, to me, that's cowardly given the hits that he laid. You hearken back to November 17th of last year when Cassian went after him the first time and Kachuk turtled for the first time. It wasn't as if Kachuk had blown Cassian up two times prior. Cassian had every right to be as angry as he was about those hits. The first one to me was a charge. And there's already a lot of texts here at 780-496-0063. What is charging if not for those two hits? Well, allow me to recite directly out of the NHL's rule book, rule number 42, charging. 42.1. Charging shall mean the actions of a player who, as a result of distance traveled, shall violently check an opponent in any manner. A charge may be the result of a check into the boards, into the goal, or in open ice. A minor or major and a game misconduct will be imposed on a player who charges a goalkeeper while the goalkeeper is within his crease. Okay, so there's, there's the letter of the law. As a result of distance traveled, well... Maybe not on that one, the second one, but certainly on the first. You've got to figure that is charging. Well, let's hear what Zach Cassian had to say. 100%. If, you, if you're going to hit like that, you have to answer the bell every once in a while. Like, it's especially one, two, three in the game. He got me in the third. He followed me in the corner, right? Like, he's clearly trying to target me, which I like. Like, I'm standing here. I, I love that stuff. I'd wish we could play him in a day and a half in, like, a playoff series, right? Um, this is, It was fun for me. Um, we lost the game. It sucks, but um, all in all, he's just a young punk that has to figure that aspect out in the game. It's sad he's a pretty good player, but he's, he's a player. Straight up, he's, that's the definition of it. <laughs> he wouldn't fight me two years ago. Said I was a fourth liner and I have 13 goals. What's the, what's the excuse now? You know what I mean? Well, read into that what you will. I don't imagine there's many players who are going to get hit like that and not have a similar opinion to that of Zach Cassian, but almost... 
the more aggravating part of this, I'm sure, from the standpoint of Oilers fans, was Kachuk's post-game response. Yeah, I mean, well, if he, you know, doesn't want to get hit, then stay off the tracks. Um, you know, he's caught him three times there, so I think he'd learn after the first one. But if he wants to react like that, we'll take the power play, we'll take the game winner, and we'll move on to first place. I don't know how that's going to be received around the league. Certainly, Scotty Upshaw, a former NHLer, had an interesting take on Twitter for those of you who haven't seen it. And I'll quote this here. For those of you who haven't played the game, coming down from your wing as a winger to hit a vulnerable guy on a wraparound is as dirty as it gets, such as below. And he's got the video of that first hit that Kachuk threw on Cassian where you see the neck really snap around. Upshaw goes on to say, I know because I've done it lots. I deserved a punch in the face too. If this hit was on McDavid, 10-game suspension minimum. Again, that's coming from former NHLer Scotty Upshaw. In the wake of this, I'm very curious to see, number one, how the league responds to Cassian as a suspension. Do they give him a little bit of leeway given those two hits that led to this? I got to figure three games minimum. We'll find out what Bob Stoffer thinks when we come back. It's Brendan Escott hosting the Monday edition, a wild one here on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It is 12:19 in Edmonton. We're talking Battle of Alberta. Of course we are. It was a wild one. It was old school. It was really exactly what fans of the game would want to see out of a matchup like that. <laughs> Calling that game alongside Jack Michaels on Saturday night. The regular host of this program, Bob Stoffer, who received a little bit of street credit from one George LaRocque on Twitter earlier this morning. You want to explain that one, Bob? Well, a number of years ago, uh, when George was an Oiler, I used to joke on the air that uh, George was the best fighter in the league, but not the best enforcer. And uh, George didn't necessarily like that. Felt I was uh, too critical at times of his role. Uh, we ended up uh, in about 2006, sort of meeting, and thanks in large part to Robin Brownlee, sort of meeting in an even ground at an even place. About a year later, I started, uh, this is, I know you'll find it shocking, Brendan. I started training at uh, Body by Bennett. George was there and uh, in the, for about a year. So he went off to, at that point, he left the Oilers, went to Phoenix, got uh, traded to Pittsburgh. And in 08, he used to do my show, come in once a month or once a week in the summer and do the show. And he invited me to go out and skate with the guys. Well, it was a non-contact skate, and I wasn't very smart because I didn't keep my guard up. And uh, the one time that I actually handled the puck, came up the ice, sort of looked around and saw George coming for me and thought, well, it's non-contact. He's not going to hit me. And uh, right at the last second, I uh, realized he's going to skate right through me. And I tried to jump out of the way, and he got me right in the sternum full bore. He's about 270 pounds at the time, and he just crushed me. I, I probably went 8 to 10 feet in the air. Uh, helmet immediately popped off, uh, like, you know, sort of like a bad punt in the NFL, somewhere between 18 to 20 feet high. That's already hit me. Lost my stick. Lost one of the gloves, got up, and uh, skated right over to him right away. And Sean Bell and a couple of the other pros were there. And Sean was sort of like, holy, like, you know. And in my infinite stupidity, which is, uh, some would say, often displayed on this show, Brendan, I, uh, in a moment of insane madness, stuck George and challenged him, let's go, let's go, big boy, let's see what you got. Of course, he was laughing. And in the deep down in the back of my mind, I was, you know, 
upon for you know probably thinking well is he you know would he actually drill me if i corked him and a couple guys jumped in between but uh you know what i had i had uh, made life a little bit frustrating for george he gave me a good shot we, we've had numerous chuckles about it at the end of the year but when you get hit like that in the moment i got hit by todd ewan once like that in bantams todd god rest his soul was an incredible player uh, at that level uh but he was also like six foot one and a half and I felt it, you know, and you want to you want to come back. So, you know, sometimes you got to respond. And uh, thankfully, Sean Bell was there because if he hadn't been, and if I had decided to actually swing at George, I might have been eating about three or four. But that's all George would have needed to put me down. But he was only Brendan. I was forty-two and two hundred and thirty-five pounds at the time. It was in the off season. George was probably two sixty-five, but he was also the reigning heavyweight champ of the National Hockey League. Right. So I don't know if it was street care or just sheer stupidity on my part. But you know what? There's probably. 20,000 guys listening to this show that have skated at one time in their life and been put in a situation where they've had their, you know, the knock, uh, had their ass knocked in on a hit and immediately wanted to respond. And part of it's generational. Like, we just don't see that as much. And George's point is there, there's a code there. Like, if you're going to hit a guy like George, isn't going to beat me up in that situation. We all know that, right? right. Uh, but, but he sent the message nonetheless, and I had to at least come back at him and stick him. And I tickled him pretty good with the stick, and you know, and, 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 and you know, show that I was, you know. And I just looked at what happened the other night. That's funny because it happened a year ago. Maybe I, I'm not surprised, right? I'm disappointed. I wonder what gets said in that Calgary room, and uh, because what often happens is in these situations, like even like Clutterbuck would run around and blow guys up. Uh, Matt Cook, you're a Canucks fan as a kid, he yep. would do that, oh, and yeah. he'd have to fight. He'd fight. And, you know, Kachuk uh, a year ago didn't like a hit that uh, Matt Dumba had on Michael Backlund, who's a pain in the ass against the Oilers. And he challenged Dumba. Dumba got hurt in the fight. But, you know, the irony of a guy, he trucked Zach Cassian three times in the game. I thought, as Ray Furrow mentioned, we were moving away from hits like that where a guy's a little bit uh, unprotected. And I don't, you know, I, I got bad news for Oilers fans here. I don't think this is going to end well for Zach Cassian. To me, it, it, I could see it being a three or five game suspension. And if it's five games, he misses two games against the Calgary Flames. And there's something rotten in the state of Denmark when a guy can go out there and blow guys up and on really sketchy hits and doesn't have to, uh, uh, you know, deal with any recrimination on the ice. Like to me, there needs to be greater accountability for that. And I, my guess is 98% of the fans would agree. And if Matt Chuck was on the Oilers and Zach Cassian was on the Flames, Flames fans would feel the exact same way Oilers fans feel today. Absolutely. And, you know, you look back to, and they weren't dirty hits and they weren't even in the same realm. But what Cassian was doing with those couple of charging plays in the playoffs, one on Dylan, the other on Coteer. I mean, it's not like he's a stranger to that either. The difference is, and the difference between a guy like Matthew Kachuk and Tom Wilson is, Tom Wilson doesn't mind dropping the gloves afterwards. And Kachuk actually doubled down, Bob, this morning. I'm sure you saw on his statement. Yeah and saying that he still doesn't think that that was a good time to fight. And I understand the point of the game, but at the same time, like, this is where we get incidents, and I know I'm maybe reaching a little bit here. Like You're not reaching. Like You're not reaching. That's how this happens. And, you know, uh, I brought that up last year. when the, You know, last year, Kachuk was running around, and, and Leon got a good slew foot on him early in the game, and then Kachuk was unnerved. But he came in, third man in on Connor McDavid and face raked him after he was tied up with Backlund. And that's after he took another run at dry settled, dry settled, knocked him on his ass again. 
and uh, and it was and then seeing challenged him last year and he turtled. And that's going to work against Zach. They're going to bring that up today. The other thing that everybody needs to understand is this is George Peros. The the days of Colin Campbell and Mike Murphy, they're more focused on good goal, bad goal, that kind of stuff. The punishment is doled out by Peros. And I think it's it's done. You know, the league has him as a former enforcer because the league doesn't like the optics of fighting. And then when they have a former enforcer in that position, it allows him to come down harsher on it. But I, you know, I mean, the comments after were asked, you know, like Rasmus Anderson, you got you you sat there and provoked a fight with Darnell Nurse, and you got the living snot kicked out of you in Penticton. Then we go into the first preseason game in Calgary. And, oh, by the way, Hunter Smith goes after Darnell. Darnell accepts the challenge and breaks Hunter Smith's face, and we've never heard of Hunter Smith since then. So, And, and Hunter Smith was a legitimately tough player in the OHL. So I couldn't believe, I'm not quite sure where Rasmus Anderson's coming from with his comments. Uh, it was nasty with Kachuk and, and Cassian afterwards. It was great theater. The Oilers, unfortunately, lost the game. But most of the people listening to the Oilers show, uh, Toilers now are 100% on board with Zach, and the 2% that aren't are trollers that like to get underneath their skin. Uh, and, and, you know, we got to, like Topher. Topher does that all the time. He calls Cassian a phony. Well, I think we all know who's looking like a bit of a phony today. Yeah, without a doubt, Bob. And I mean, we could go down the rabbit hole of the the guys that Kachuk has bothered to fight in his career, and it's just seven of them. And he, what I'm curious is what's what's next for this team. As Anderson obviously has put a target on his own back, but if Cassian's not there to take care of this himself at the end of this month because he's suspended, then what happens? That's a great point. You know, I don't know. And, you know, uh, Lucic was very quiet in that game. I don't, you know what, I know enough about Milan, and I know how he felt about Cass, or about uh, Kachuk's sack last year. It wouldn't surprise me, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, if one of the Calgary players maybe said something to Kachuk. Like, you're going to at some point, because then what happens, the way, I mean, there's like Jason Strudwick mentioned this yesterday, I mentioned this last year, you're left having to target Johnny Goodrow back mm-hmm. when a guy does that. So if you're going to play, everybody's going to play all above, well and board. But and, and make no mistake, Chuck is a, a terrific player, and the Oilers blew it. Not seriously looking at it, and there were people trying to push Pete Shirelli in that direction. And had Pulleyarvey be gone, we all know Shirelli was taking surrogate job, not Chuck. So, which surprises me because you know the Boston angle on Keith. I'd be even interested to know what Keith Kachuk's feeling. Because to me, Keith Kachuk was the guy that manned up and fought, guys. Yeah, different uh, different generations, Bob. We're going to get some thoughts from your good friend Al May coming up at 105. Oh, it's we'll going to be nasty. I, I bet you it is. All right, I appreciate the time, Bob. Take See care. you tomorrow. Bye-bye. That is the regular host of Oilers Now, Bob Stoffer checking in. We are late to the news break, so first we'll hear from uh, uh, Eileen Bell with a global news weather traffic update, and then we'll hear from our NHL insider, John Shannon. We'll talk Battle of Alberta and also the firing of Ray Shiro, general manager in New Jersey. It's Brendan Escott today on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.